Good morning or afternoon, all you pub and pubettes. Uh, I'm your host, Devin. Welcome to episode 57 of Pub Sports Talk. Tonight we have Parker Hecky, Evan, and of course, the soccer expert, Whitehead. We're going to talk a little bit about some NHL. We're going to talk about a little bit b-ball, playoffs, some baseball, uh, round it up with some MLB, and of course, just have a damn good time. So let's kick it off. So, Matt, yeah, start us off with this footy action. Euros are popping off. Stage of 16, done. Get it out of here. We have eight teams left, but let's recap that 16. As you mentioned, there's only eight teams left in the competition. And um, we're going to start off in Amsterdam, where Wales play Denmark. I like going into this game. I thought it was going to be a tight affair. Wales have amazing players in Gareth Bale and Anne Ramsey. But the Danes just tore the Welsh apart. Denmark were 2-0 up after 47 minutes, 47 minutes. And then later in the game, Denmark scored two late goals to make it 4-0. Wales didn't really turn up. A lot of the players were complaining about the travelling they've had to do for this game because they've had to go, they've played their games in Baku, Rome and then Amsterdam. Denmark absolutely battered Wales. They're through to the next round. Denmark are playing for a reason beyond any other team, and that's for Christian Eriksen. So they are going to be a serious handful going on to the next round. Through the group stage, Italy were like the team that everyone was talking about. They had a serious buzz about themselves. Their performances against Turkey, Switzerland and Wales were much talked about. However, they faced a resolute and determined Austrian team, which pushed them all the way, nearly all the way. After 90 minutes, it was 0-0. And then upset Federico Cesare in the 95th minute to make it 1-0. And then Matteo Piscina in the 105th minute to make it 2-0. Italy win 2-1 through extra time. Oshin score a late consolation goal at Wembley. Nothing really, that didn't really change the game. Italians still look dangerous, but they didn't look that good as they looked in the group stage. Maybe they've peaked a bit too early. The first upset occurred in Budapest. Netherlands were fancy to beat Czech Republic quite easily, but the Czechs beat the Dutch 2-0. The game's pivotal move moment came in the 55th minute, where Matthias de Litt, Dutch centre-back, was caught in all sorts of trouble. The ball was played over the top of him. He was facing his back with his goal. He was being harassed by the Czech player. He fell over, and then he literally handled the ball away. like He passed it away from the Czech player. The referee initially called it for a free kick and gave Matthias a yellow card. Looked at the VAR, saw it was a definite red card, sent him off. After that moment, it was all Czech Republic. Czech win 2-0. You've all heard of Eden Hazard, but have you heard of Forgan Hazard? His amazing strike was the absolute difference between a tight game between the Belgians and the reigning champions, Portugal. Ronaldo and Cole tried all they could to score, but they couldn't. They had so many chances. They hit the post. They hit the bar. Uh, they made Thibaut Courtois make save after save after save. Ronaldo out of the championship. Portugal out of the championship. This is a really strong Portugal team. A better team that actually won the Euros in 2016. But they're out and Belgium are through. And Kevin De Bruyne is injured, unfortunately, but he's still a great player. And he's still my favourite player of all time. Which brings us to Magic Monday. The greatest day of Euro football history. So many goals. So, so, so many goals. 14 goals in one day. That's only in two games. Two games. Spain versus Croatia. I predicted this to be a 0-0 or a 1-0. Like, I thought it was going to be a really super tight game. Spain don't really take their chances. Croatia don't really create chances. It went 1-0 Croatia in the first half, with the most outrageous own goals you've ever seen. Spanish player Pedri plastered back to his goalkeeper, and then the keeper just had like a mind freeze as he just watched the ball go into the back of his net. Just literally stood next to the ball as it went to the back of his net. Absurd. Watch the video. You need to see it. Spain fought back. They made it 3-1, and with six minutes to go, Croatia were in a serious hole. Provided a goal line scrabble, Croatia made it 3-2. And then in the 92nd minute, the ball was whipped across the Spanish box. 
and a Croatia nodded onto it and scored, making it 3 0. We're going to extra time. Six minutes, you've got a 3 1 lead and you fuck it up to 3 0. That's a momentum swinger. However, Spain came out in the extra time absolutely on fire. They scored two goals, they won 5 3. Spain were in the last 16 and they look like they can actually score goals now. Questions about the defensive cap- capabilities, but they look like a good team, that's for sure. And then it came. The biggest upset of the tournament so far. France were out-and-out favourites to win the tournament by a considerable margin. France won the World Cup in 2018 by battering Croatia in Russia. Um, the game ebbed and flowed. This is genuinely one of the most amazing games I've ever seen in a long time. Swiss took an early lead. And then they had a chance to score a penalty to make it 2-0. Rodriguez made an absolute fluff of a penalty. Hugo Lloris with a great save. Literally, Spain got um, France got the ball. Literally walked up the other side of the pitch and Karim Benzema made it 1-1. Two minutes later... France had the ball again, and Karim Benzema scored again, making it 2-1 France. Absolutely, game was flipped on its head. And then in the 75th minute, Paul Pogba scored one of the best goals I've ever seen at a major tournament. Absolute worldy of a goal. Curler into the top right corner. 3-1 France. You think, look at this French team. There's no way they've thrown away this. They've been 1-0 down for most of the game. They've come back. It's 3-1. There's no way they're thrown away. Nine minutes to play. Switzerland scored a goal to make it 3-2. And then in the 90th minute, Switzerland was balls played through. And it was 3-0. They're going to extra time. It was a very weird extra time. It was weird that despite the talents of France and the momentum of Switzerland, that both teams would be happy to play for penalties. Penalties are just so nerve-wracking. You never want it for your team. You always enjoy watching people play penalties. But when it's your own team, fuck, you hate it. You absolutely hate it. The first nine penalties went in, meaning that Kylian Mbappe, France's golden child, the the wonder kid, the golden child of a nation, had to score this penalty for it to go on. And he took a terrible penalty. The Swiss keeper, Summer, made a great save to his right unbelievable truly unbelievable a great game an absolute cracking game moving on to the games today it wouldn't be a surprise for anybody here or anybody listening that i went to the pub for england versus germany i booked a half day and um i've had a lot of beers it was games going on i was so nervous at the start of the game england were really nervous we couldn't really put any passes together we were struggling but as the game grew on and on and on, England sort of looked like they were the better team. They were pressing when they needed to press. They were sitting back when they needed to sit back. Defensively, they were amazing. Harry Maguire, John Stones were my players of the match. John Stones was amazing. And then when Luke Shaw's cross was met by Raheem Sterling in the 75th minute to make a 1-0, I went berserk. I threw my pint all over me. I jumped on the next table next to me. I was hugging people I've never met before. The whole pub was singing a rendition of It's Coming Home. It was absolutely brilliant. The euphoria is something I will never experience again until we actually win the Euros in about two weeks' time. It was amazing. 11 minutes later, when Super Jack Grealish, oh, Jack Grealish, Super Jack Grealish had a ball on the left, whipped in, and King Kane, that's it, Harry Kane, this bloke called Harry Kane, ever heard of him? People wrote him off the whole tournament because he hasn't done anything. Nodded in for 2-0. Even bigger scenes. Pup, beers went everywhere again. I kissed some bloke on the forehead. Never met him in my entire life. Some other bloke kissed me in the forehead. It was amazing. It was great scenes that you'd never see ever again. Pub was gone crazy. Then this England will go crazy for the next two weeks. Um, Yeah, it, it's going mental. The nation's going, nation's going to go wild. England won 2-0. We beat the Germans. We beat serious demons. Um, This is the first time England have beaten Germany in a major tournament knockout game since 1966 World Cup final. That's quite a long time ago. Even the the most pessimistic of England fans tonight are saying it's coming home. And it is coming home. Football's coming home. England's on fire. 
only team not to concede so far. That, that is and massive. That, that is absolutely massive. Yeah. Sounds like NC State baseball. You better hope they don't, they don't get you up out of there. Yeah, we got to exactly. talk about that because holy sh- But we'll get there. Uh, absolutely. Matt, I just got to apologize to you and, and your blokes over there. I, I said, it ain't coming home. Germany stopping it. And, uh, well, I was wearing the Germany jersey earlier today and had to change the El Salvador jersey. Had to change it. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. yeah. I, I, apologies over here. All well, it's, it's fine. I, I appreciate your apologies and I do accept them. And then finally, Ukraine scored in the 121st minute of extra time to knock up the Swedes. I feel sorry for the Swedes. They're a really good side, but they were reduced to 10 men off the most shocking and horrific tackles by one of our players. If you look up the tackle on any highlight reel, you'll be amazed how the Ukrainian player's leg just didn't snap in half. Like the player's foot came in towards his shin and his leg just bent where it shouldn't bend. Horrible challenge. Not something you want to see. But Sweden, feel sorry for him. They've got some good players in Emil Forsberg and Alexandra Isaac. But Ukraine go on and they go on to play England in Rome. The quarterfinals now set. And look, we are now, I'm now going to give you a roundup of the predictions for the Euros. And in the lead, it's me, myself. I'm on 15 points. Tim is somehow in second place on 14. That Joker was in last place. He He trolls the picks by saying, hey, I'm taking the top team 1-0 every game. How? He was the only person to predict a correct score in the last 16 rounds, and that was 1-0 Belgium against Portugal. If this is a proof of a simulation... Yeah. I don't know what is. So he gets, he got three points for that, right? Yeah, he got three points for that, yeah. <laughs> Parker and Slate are both on 13. So it's very tight at the top. Very tight. Only two points separates the top four. And then Fitz. Well, Fitz. You only got one point in the eight games of the last 16. You're on eight points. <laughs> oh, no. You're five <laughs> points behind. <laughs> You need to rescue five points in the last remaining games to make sure you don't get bum wraps. Protect that bum. You protect that bum. You're going to bend over and people will be kicking balls at you. I, I feel good about my picks. So when we get to okay. it, these okay. scores are going to be dead accurate. I'm getting at least three or four games right. Knock on so, yeah, I feel real good after he says that. I feel real good. <laughs> I, I feel amazing. I, I feel amazing. <laughs> I feel amazing. So we're going to start off with Switzerland, Spain. Switzerland, Spain. Who's who wants to go first? Spoil France. Who looked yeah. like it looked like France was just going to cakewalk through this portion. I didn't think Spain was as strong. Like, are they that strong this year? Or like, is it theirs to lose? Or are the Swiss going to steal it? I guess that's that's the obvious question. I think the Spain are quite good. Um, all of a sudden, they seem to be creating those. They've always been creating those chances. It's just their chance conversion, if that makes sense. Like their percentage of scoring in a red zone is what I'm talking about, you know? Um, yeah, I think they're good, but they have questions defensively. I'm going to take Switzerland three, Ooh. Spain two. Three, two. A, a classic. It's going to be a, a classic. classic. I'm going Spain 1-0. I think it's, it's going to be a little tight. Okay, I like that. All right, like that's that. a waste of a prediction. All right, next. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep talking down there. Yeah, I mean, Fitz, you've got so far to come back. Like, go on. Do we have any injuries on any of these squads? Any major injuries here? Uh, not that I can think of. I'm going Spain 2-1. I annoyingly was going to go Spain 2-1 as well, but I'm going to go Spain 2-0. Shut them down. So Fitz is the only person game for the Swiss for Swiss. So if Swiss wins with my score, I get four points and everyone else gets nothing. No, right you get three, you get three points. Wait, I get only get three. I thought yeah. I get I thought I got the and one. No, no, no. You only get three points. Oh man, I thought there was like a four point play. No, 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 no. There is not a four point play. No, 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 no. Okay. 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 I'll allow a four point play if you can predict the exact moment of the first goal. Ooh. Oh, it's going to be... Um, okay, I'll write this down. 8.51. Second game. Huge game this is. Um, probably the favourites now versus an unbelievable team out of the group stage. Belgium versus Italy. Winner of this wins the whole thing. I'm just going to call it right now. Okay. Like, I, 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 whoever, don't, I, 
whoever wins this game is taking the whole thing. They're going to take the Swiss and Spain out, and then they'll take out England or or someone else who's probably trash too. I don't hate that. I don't hate that pick. I hate to say I don't hate that pick. But I am taking Italy Ooh. to Belgium one. Okay, okay, okay. I think Italy spoils. Uh, is Belgium the favorites? Like to win the whole thing? I'll quickly check. It's either Bel- it must be either Belgium or England. I think Belgium was the number one. They were at least the number one seed. So I think I think Italy's hot. So I think they spoil and then they they take the whole thing. As things stands on Bet365, England are 2.87 favorites to win. Spain, four. Italy, five. Belgium, eight. I am doing the exact opposite. I'm going Belgium, 2-1. I'm going Belgium, 1-0. I think it'll be a, a tight affair. Waste of but, a pick. <laughs> look, it's quarterfinal. It's getting to the point where teams, instead of playing to win, are going to play not to lose. And the Italians always play not to lose. And I think Belgium and the quality of Kevin De Bruyne and Romelu Lukaku will find a goal somewhere and the Italians won't have an answer. Every, not every game is going to be an absolute classic. That's the secret to predicting games. Not every game is going to be a 3-2 or 3-1. There's going to be a 1-0 or a 0-0 in there. Yeah, because you took my pick. You took it. Uh, I'm going to go Belgium. I'm going to go Belgium 1-0. I'm going to copy you. Okay. All right. No shame in my game. Don't hate that. So that's back-to-back picks. <laughs> that fits going the opposite of the panel here. Oh, yeah. Fitz is, Fitz, you're either dying or you're on fire. Live and die. Fun. Live and die right now. Well, your, well, your bum's going to die after being kicked off the load of football. But other that, it's fine. <laughs> Another game. This game could go either way. Czech Republic versus Denmark. You know, this one's tough for me. I, I'm waiting for Denmark's magic to just kind of end. I have a feeling y'all are all going to take Denmark. So I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, live and die. I'm going to take Czech Republic 2-1. Patrick Schlick has been amazing so far. He's only one goal off Cristiano Ronaldo to be the top goal scorer. I, I think the Danes, they just, I don't think they've got what it takes. And I think the magic comes to an end. Mm. Oh, gosh, this is tough. I, I've got to go this far. I'm going to stay safe. 1-0. Okay, I don't hate it. I think this is going to go to extra time. I think this is going to be 1-1. Exactly what I had written down. Yeah. I, I definitely see PKs in here. Oh man! One of these games is going to go to, to extra time, like, and I think it's this one. I mean, Czech is coming off maybe the upset of the tournament. Yeah, the Netherlands maybe. I mean, obviously France and stuff. <sighs> Denmark's got some magic going. I'm gonna go two two. I'm gonna have a classic game here. Go to PKs. Sounds like you couldn't. Okay, final quarterfinal game Saturday, three o'clock Eastern time in Rome. First game, England don't play at Wembley. It's England versus Ukraine. And they're not playing at Wembley? They're playing in Rome. They're playing in the Stadio Olimpico in Rome. Oh, Stadio Olimpico. Mm. The thing is, I, I can't take Ukraine. Like, I know I, I could just zag on all these picks. Live or die. <laughs> Live or die. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like... All right, can I tell you what I originally have? And then can I go no, you, last? Can no, I, can okay, I let okay. y'all go? Okay, like you can go. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, you go last. Like, okay, like, you've got, you're literally last. So you y'all can, can drive off the tee and let me see what y'all do. I originally have England three, Ukraine one, but I think I want to zag. I think, I don't think I want to keep that. Devin go and, and I'll, I'll see if I change my mind. Uh, England two no. Okay, annoyingly, I was going to go for that as well. And I will go for that. England don't concede goals. England now all of a sudden score goals. England 2-0. Ukraine, farther away from Rome than England is. Yep. Less travel. Not by much, but a little bit. Got a little Drake singing in my head here. Hold Just on. Just hold on. Going it's coming on. home. That's right. That's right. It's coming on. Uh, I'm going to go England 2-0. Everyone's going England 2 0. Yeah. Fitz, what are you going to go? 2 0 Ukraine. You know, I'm not going to zag on this. I I think England is going to make it to the finals. I, like, I think it's going to be England versus the winner of Italy, Belgium. And I think the winner of Italy, Belgium takes them out. And I think it's a great final. As much as I want to zag, I can't. And I'll just, I'll keep my pick 3 1 England. And, and if, if I get the score right, then I, then I get points and y'all don't. So I'll take it 3 1 England. 
Okay, you, well, there we go. You totally dark holiday that off tombstone. Yeah. My hypocrisy <laughs> so far. Well, I can't. I, how mad would I be at myself if they won 3 1 and I'd be like, oh, I, I had it and I, and I second guessed myself? But so. what if you just cursed yourself by going against the flow every time, except for the last one? Now you've doomed yourself for the first three. Mm-mm. Yeah. Because the other three are right. This is the one I don't know about. <laughs> Four, I'll you, go four for four, perfect score. How nuts would that be? Take twelve points. <laughs> take twelve points. It would put you top. But yeah, yeah. that'd be the ultimate. This bet. is this is the only bet we have right now. I'm not in dead last. Mm. I'm actually pretty comfortable up here, so I'm feeling pretty good. Fits. fits is if things zig and rather than not zag for fits, this could be curtains for fits. I, I think it'd be done for fits. I don't yeah. know how you come back from this. Live and die. Live and, live and die. I also yeah. thought I'd just taken Tim's strategy and, and picking two one for all the games. And <laughs> <laughs> I hate Tim so much. Oh, oh yeah. Man. So there we go. He's That's gonna say, guarantee you, Tim's gonna say, give me one nil. Give me all the favorites. It's a strategy. One nil is a strategy because teams don't want to lose. They would rather play to not lose and actually play to win. You want you want to introduce it, fit uh, slate your baby. <laughs> Yeah, all right. So I've been toying around on, on my bookie, hashtag no free ads. And I thought about it the other day, and like right before we do our random question, I think we all do like a pub sports talk parlay. So like everybody picks like a game or something. I'll, I'll, I'll put it on my account or whatever. And you just give me your pick of what you want to go, whether it be like straight up, head to head, like total points, whatever. And we'll just round it up and I'll throw the parlay on it and see if, if we can lend any money off of it. Hell yeah. That's yeah. a good idea. It's yeah, a real I, good I, idea. Yeah, I like it a lot. Thought about it randomly. And I was like, dude, this, this could be fun. Like, I mean, you know, maybe make a little money through. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. And if it's a hot enough parlay, you know, we hit. It's pretty solid. Let's go, baby. You know what? Give Let's me all my soccer picks. Some <laughs> <laughs> bold ass strategy, Cotton. <laughs> now that would be a hot parlor. <laughs> Golly. Slate, you talked about it earlier. You kind of touched on it. It, it. We need to address the injustice in the sports world. Not since the Astros cheating the way to the World Series have we seen such just injustice. NC State bounced. I haven't lost a game out of the College World Series due to COVID protocols because their vaccinated players tested positive. And they play with, what, 13 men? 10 men? 13 men. And then they wouldn't let them play the next day. What the hell is going on in College World Series? It's like... I hate, I hate conspiracy. Like, I hate the whole conspiracy theory, but I really do think it's got a lot to do with just the money. Vanderbilt's bringing in way more fans because, I mean, they're, I guess, what you would consider, like, the – obviously, they're the favorites. They're a powerhouse. They're a powerhouse. You know, that's kind of, like, their thing. From what I've read, apparently the Vanderbilt head coach wanted, I guess, State to get tested or something. I can't – I don't know. Like, it's like the baseball rule. Like, hey, I, that, that pitcher's totally – kicking our ass once you go test them for illegal substances. Like we talked about that a few weeks ago. I, I, I think it's just such an injustice. Like I don't understand how, you know, not to get super political with the COVID stuff or anything like that. Cause obviously a big advocate for, you know, the vaccine and, you know, just all of us doing our part to get out of it. But you've got vaccinated players that get a positive, whether it be, I don't know if they did rapids. I don't know if it was the two day, whatever, disqualifying these kids who will never a lot of them, they'll never play as that unit ever again. Some of them may come back to the World Series. Nobody knows what the next few years bring. But, you know, these kids are never going to play together again. And they were in the World Series. They hadn't lost. And they were just kicking everybody's ass. They were hot. I mean, like, boiling hot. I just don't understand is, like, you've got 20,000 fans in the stands sitting side by side. And you're not testing them. What is stopping NC State baseball from going and buying tickets to this World Series and go sit in the stands. And it'd be the exact same thing. Nobody would say anything. But I really do think it was semi-conspiracy related because I don't think there's still been a lot of information that's been leaked. Uh, And like I said, I'm just hot because they were classic underdogs. Nobody expected them to be as good as they were in the World Series. And 
Uh, just to see it taken like that, I think it just sucked. And obviously, I think everybody's just kind of ready to be past COVID so we can just get all this behind us. And I think it just it's a lot of pent-up frustration. Obviously, we're from North Carolina, so, you know, we're probably getting a lot of the – a lot more of the news and the hotheads on it. And that's why I say it's like you – know, it seems conspiracy related, but you know, I don't obviously don't have all the, the news or the facts or what actually happened. And if I was a baseball player in that situation, I'd be pretty damn pissed. I want to say like to only have 13 players and take Vanderbilt three, one and have a pitcher playing first base that doesn't play first base and still do that. Well, it, it speaks volumes. Those kids have a lot of heart and it just sucks. It just sucks for them. Yeah. I mean, America's built on underdog stories. I mean, yeah. come on. We needed this. We really did. I'm with you. I got my tinfoil hat on. I, I smell a conspiracy theory. I, I smell something fishy over there. Yeah, it's just, it's frustrating. It's they're the people's champs. They're, they've got the national championship banner, and in, in my mind, and they'll forever be an asterisk on the whoever wins this, whether it's Mississippi State or Vanderbilt. That's there's going to be an asterisk inside of it. They're going to UCF it. Just go ahead and make your own banner state. You deserve <laughs> make it. Up. Make your I, own, man. It just blows my mind. You know, like you said, we're in the hotbed. We're in North Carolina, except for Matt, obviously. But uh, I'm really curious. Florida score sports. They they always shout us out, shouting them out here. All NC State grads. I want to hear them just go in on the NCAA. <laughs> I mean, this is the NCAA has painted an ugly picture for the past year. Actually, screw that. For a long ass time, they've painted a horrible picture, uh, and now they're actually going to the Supreme Court. Athletes are getting their way now. This is not doing them any favors at all. They're going to use this in the court. Uh, they're going to use them canceling the women's college golf tournament uh, in courts. I mean, they're about to get blown up. I don't know if the NCAA can withstand the next – I'll give them 24 months. I don't know if it's going to be the same NCAA that we're used to here. I don't think you're far off at all. And I think that's why I'm more susceptible to to wear the tin hat and, and jump on the conspiracy because you're dealing with – one of the most, I mean, what did Bosworth say? <clears throat> National communists against uh, <laughs> Americans or something yeah. like that. I'm not too sure yet. I mean, you're, I you're, really, that. <laughs> you're really getting, I don't know, it feels like every year you get more NCAA bullshit and it, it really sucks. I mean, pros is one thing. Those guys are getting paid like a lot of college and just being around some of those guys, they're going just for the damn love of the game. That is the most elite stage of sports college. Uh, well, I mean, I guess you could do some other amateur, but that's like the last stage of like you're playing just for for your your heart. Like that is what you love to do. Like you're you're not getting paid. So it, I think that makes me more angry to hear it from younger people like the you know college athletes and stuff like that than than I would for the pros. Pros is just a completely different story. You're getting paid millions a year. I don't feel sorry for you, <laughs> but. You know, like I said, some that's some of those kids' last baseball games that they'll ever play in their life. They're never going to get that back, and it's just it's it's brutal, man. Yeah, I mean, we had, we had the guys from NARP Clothing on both Clemson baseball players. You tell them like, hey, your season's done after you didn't do anything wrong. Like, I guarantee you, KJ and those those guys, they would they'd lose their mind. Like all these college athletes, it's a shame. And it to be in that fashion, like I think a lot of us, our last athletic event, like in you know, not not talking about you know rec league. Bat, men's league basketball but like your last like actual competitive uh event like you knew that was the end for me like for football like obviously you lose in the state playoffs like or you go to the bowl game that was like my, i knew that was my last game so i think there's a lot of emotions that those kids are going to miss out on like whether it be good or or bad i mean this it's just it's brutal but let's talk about mississippi state has not won a national championship in any sport Nothing yeah. really. Goose egg. It's oh my Mississippi gosh. State, Kansas State, and Virginia Tech have never won a national championship in any. Wow. Sport. Yeah, that's, I, I like could not grasp what Virginia Tech had. Like I, that. I, one, yeah, K State doesn't surprise me, but no. Virginia Tech, like for football especially, like yeah, yeah the Vic brothers really come through there. He had some good talent, Tyrod Taylor, but just never could get it done. Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> I forgot about him. Hey, a name drop. That is a throwback. Don't sleep on Tyrod now. <laughs> I'm rooting for Mississippi State. If it wasn't, you know, if the Vanderbilt tinfoil hat conspiracy theory was not enough, them having a goose egg for a natty, I root for you, Mississippi State. Give me Bulldogs, baby. Yeah, 100% Mississippi State. And like, it's there's an alliance now uh, through their Barstool uh, Twitter accounts of uh, NC State and Mississippi State. And 
it, it's pretty cool to see you know Mississippi State realize that. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm a hundred percent bulldog in it right now. Go ahead, get meat. Let's go meat. Meat. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Like you know, SEC is just so dominant in a lot of sports. Like I would think softball, even like track and field, like SEC track and field is like fire. And Mississippi State has had some some good athletes. That's just weird. Not one championship. Yeah, I'd never heard that stat until that is insane. Uh, the other day. And I was like, damn, that's <laughs> that's that's a hard to wrap your head around. Not even some like random Mississippi sport. Like I don't even know what that like wrestling gators. Is that a is that a sport? <laughs> like <laughs> that could be their championship. Like I don't know. <laughs> Surely Florida would be the champions of that, surely. All right. Yeah, yeah well, well, someone would, not Mississippi State, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go ahead, since we're talking about baseball, pro baseball. Any updates for us, Slate? Yeah, the biggest thing right now that fully enamored in is obviously the home run race. You've got Shohei Atani. I'm getting pop-ups basically every time he plays of, another home run, but really the hottest name in baseball right now is Kyle Schwarber for the uh, Nationals. He has hit 16 home runs in his last 18 games. Dude is on a hot streak, and he just hit one like 30 minutes ago to, to make it to the, the 16 for past 18. And uh, I'm telling you, dude, that that is a nutty thing to think about. Like People would die for that just to have a hit in that amount of games. And he is just cranking it. He's, he's he's on a roll. I'd say to have a homer in like half your games, like it was like eight and 16 games or something like, oh, dang, like every other night he's hitting a homer. 16 Dude. out of 18? <laughs> like nine, what is that? Like 0.9, like his home run average per game would be like a 90% it's, or something. Yeah, it's like a 90%. Nine. And uh, yeah, he's he's on a hot streak. He's definitely a name to watch. And just, I think he's, I like Schwarber. I've never had any issues with him. But I think he, I mean, with these kind of numbers, he's got to be creeping up in the home run race right now. It's really Vlad Jr. and uh, Shohei. I don't know what's happening with baseball, uh, but there's been so many home runs this year, not just by – it doesn't feel like the home run race like McGuire Sosa race, but I feel like everybody's just hitting bombs. And it's the home run race is, is becoming pretty, pretty wild as we move towards the uh, all-star break. So I know we talked about it a few weeks ago. Is that what's sparking some of the dialogue around allowing pitchers to use substances? Like, is it like it's getting too easy to hit home runs, so pitchers need something? Or is it kind of unrelated and it's just kind of like, oh, on top of this, dang, everyone's hitting bombs. <laughs> See, here, here's the caveat is you've got people hitting so many bombs this year, but you've also we never had this many no hitters. Or almost no hitters. We've had quite a few, even close no hitters, like seven, eight inning no hitters. It's weird. Like there's a weird dynamic in baseball right now. Of you know these guys are obviously still hitting bombs regardless of the revolutions on the baseball going up mm-hmm. substantially. But I don't think that that play has played into the substance thing as much. I mean, obviously, like we said, media offense is going to obviously always drive your fan base up, your viewers up. <laughs> the pitching debate's still going on. They're, they're checking people. Bowers, uh, one of the most outspoken professional baseball players, especially as a pitcher, is speaking out against it. He finally got checked the other day. But one of the funniest things that they did uh, this past week was, uh, I believe he plays for the Orioles. I don't even know who our pitching staff is because we're, we're so bad. But they checked a knuckleball pitcher. So obviously knuckleball doesn't spin at all for substance, which the substance makes the ball spin. And I was just like, this just seems redundant. Like, like, what do we do? Wait, that pitch didn't move. Check him. Somebody check that guy. What in the world? Yeah, baseball's in a weird spot, but still, I'll say this is one of the best years to invest in sitting down and watching baseball. You're getting great things on both sides. Obviously, the people to watch or the teams to watch Blue Jays, because you got Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Marcus Simeon. All those guys are on a, a pretty good hot streak. The Angels, another team, Shohei. He shows out every night. He's a starting pitcher as well as a hell of an outfielder. And he hits bombs. Uh, the unfortunate thing about the Angels is they don't have Trout. Trout's still on the I.L. So you've got 
Shohei, who's going to be the MVP, I'm going to go ahead and put money on that. Hmm. And Trout, who is the undisputed best player in baseball. Uh, as far as pitching goes, like if you're if you really want to watch somebody just wow you, we talked about him last week, the Grom for the Mets. Anytime he pitches, we're talking 102 mile an hour fastball, 93 mile an hour slider. And the best part is in college, he didn't even pitch. He played shortstop. Oh, my so gosh. You've got so many great young names in baseball. And then Schwarber, uh, watch the, Nas- the Nationals. I would love to see how how long he takes this streak of just bomb after bomb. And, yeah, baseball is in a great spot right now other than the, the substance thing, which I imagine that they'll, they'll after this year they'll figure it all out. It's just one of those things, man, probably pulled from both sides and they're trying to figure out the best solution. And sometimes that doesn't always doesn't always happen. They just try to do a quick fix and then that pisses another side off. So Yeah. I'm all in on that Mets picture for Cy Young Award. You sent us that clip of the overlap of the is the four seam and four seam the, and the, the slider. tight slider. Oh my gosh. Like the ninety two mile per hour slider. I just I got lost in YouTube watching his highlights. Like it was yeah. <laughs> It's it's beautiful. It is yeah. just it's fun to watch. And for any of you that you know, one of the biggest things that I, I hear from people that aren't as into baseball is like you'll see uh, a curveball in the dirt, and they're like, "Why in the world would you swing at that?" But when you look at the overlay, like I sent y'all, it's all that's what pitching is all about these days. You know, you've got a a guy throwing a fastball that's coming in on you, coming in on your hands. And then he throws that curveball at basically the same angle and it drops off the table. So, you know, you've obviously got to try and get around on it. And it's, it's, it's crazy. It fools you. That's, that is the beautiful thing in baseball. That's what pitchers are supposed to do. And sometimes the hitters are right. Sometimes the pitchers get no notes. And I just love it. I'm, I'm so invested in baseball right now. And, you know, the power rankings are changing every week. You've not had somebody stay at the top the whole time. Like right now we got the Giants at one. Last week they were two. This week or now we got the Astros at two. Last week they were one. Tampa Bay Rays were at five last week. They're up to three. Padres were nine last week, back up to four, and then the Dodgers are up to five after uh, getting swept by the Padres. So, I mean, you've got so many great names in baseball. Get invested in baseball. I did it with hockey. Didn't know a damn thing about hockey, and I've enjoyed it the rest of the way. I wouldn't say that baseball is as constant action. But there's something beautiful in the game that's America's pastime. And, you know, I just – I've always loved it. And even if you don't like watching on TV, go to your local high school. I think high schools are – well, most of them probably just finished playing. You can watch American Legion games, minor league games. Heck, if you're near a major league game, go sit in the nosebleeds. The nosebleeds are a great spot. Uh, there's no bad seat in the baseball stadium. And just get enamored in it. If you've never done it, go do it, and I promise you'll love it. Exactly. Boys, I got some breaking news here. You guys don't even know about this. Uh-huh. But we just talked about football, soccer, and baseball. If America was taking a poll, they'd probably rate those two least exciting sports here in America. Now, is that true if you're a diehard fan? Absolutely not. But for average Joe fans, they think soccer, baseball, a little boring to watch on TV. Okay? Maybe you need a little pick-me-up. Maybe you need a little energy. Raz energy is the stuff for you. Number one rated energy drink, you can use our code PUB, P-U-B, and get 15% off your entire order. Right now, they've got T-shirts. they got hoodies for you. With your order free of purchase, go ahead. Raz Energy, R-A-Z-E, Energy. Use our code PUB and get the number one rated energy drink right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hashtag new sponsor? Hashtag What's new sponsor. What? Yeah. Would they get mad if I say erasmatize? <laughs> Go for it. Basketball. Let's go ahead and dunk on these fools. Let's talk about it. The race is tight right now. Everybody within a game of each other uh, for our pickums. I am sitting in last place. Yeah, that's okay. I feel comfortable there. I got five points. Slate has six. Fitz has seven, Tim has eight, and Matt has nine. You're still leading this thing, Matt. What a wild I don't know ride. How. I don't know how, but I'm winning it, baby. Everybody picked the Suns. The Suns seem like they're on the way to win this thing, but hold up. Not so fast. Clippers are still fighting like hell to get this thing done. Then on the eastern side, Bucks, Atlanta. Everybody's picking the Bucks except for me. 
I'm taking Atlanta because that's where the players play, son. I'm taking Trigger Trey. So maybe that's how I catch a game up on slate. Maybe that's how I get back in this thing. But Trigger Trey is out for a game four tonight, and they are down one game. I need the Evan Fitzsimmons review ASAP. Yeah, well, first thing is, I don't know if you saw the Chris Paul post-game interview. I think it was game three. All I remember is, okay, so it's been a tight it's been a tight contest, really, each game between the Clippers are sneaky. Like without Kawhi, Reggie Jackson has been phenomenal in this series. He's kind of the unsung hero. And I feel like for a playoff team, you kind of need that. You need like an unsung hero to really show up. I think most recent is like Pascal Siakam with the Raptors when they beat the Warriors. He kind of just showed up in the playoffs and everyone's like, who is this guy? Like he's, you know, he really didn't do much during the regular season. He was good. I feel like that's what, Reggie's doing with the Clippers and there and there's other there's other names in there and and certainly other teams have had people step up but I think that for the four teams left that's the most significant one is Reggie Jackson for the Clips but I don't know if y'all saw the play that ended game two so the Suns were trailing by one and they had the ball like seven six seven seconds they had a terrible play design they missed the shot, but the ball goes out of bounds with 0.9 seconds. So they keep possession. They need a bucket or the Clippers are going to steal one. And they throw an inbound pass right at the rim. And the guy just taps it in for the Suns. It's like a pick play. And, and he just taps it in. And they're going, whoa, 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 that cylinder. But I didn't know this was awareness of the rules. On an inbound pass, the ball can be in the cylinder. But obviously, it can't go in like a shot. Like if it if no one touches it, it's just dead ball. Like you can't shoot it. But it's only on an inbound. On an inbound pass, the ball can be in the cylinder, and you can tap it in. So he just threw it right at the cylinder, and the guy put it in. And it was like, you know, shout out to I think it's Monty Ellis for the Suns. You know, props to him for drawing that up because really the Clips, the Clips should have won that game. I mean, it was really. It was really that close. So, you know, the Suns, they can close it out in game six. I think it was game three. I got away from it, but Chris Paul basically just said that's championship defense in the locker room that they didn't score. I don't even think they scored like 90 points. It was like 70 or 80 points that they scored, but they just, they shut down Paul George. They didn't, they didn't let the Clippers get good looks. And again, Chris Paul, I think he's correct. He's like, that's championship defense. And and it's just very apparent that Chris Paul is trying to get there. I don't know. The Clippers are sneaky. I've been saying this for weeks now. I feel like with Kawhi, they could take him. I really do. But that's the X factor that they're missing. So, you know, I think, you know, we'll do prop bets or we'll do bets later in parlays. I might take I, I got to see what the Suns prediction is for game six or what the odds are. But I think the Suns can finish in six for sure. But it's a great series. It's a really great series. How has Paul George done in the series? I was I've not watched basically any of it. Yeah, and I'm, he's, I'm really yeah. I really want him to get out of the. I, I don't like the the negative kind. Of, like the only negative thing that I've seen that I think is deserving is the Ben Simmons thing, not the playoff P. You know, stuff like that. I get it. Like shouldn't say that stuff, but. I, I want him to get out of that song. How, I mean, is he, has he performed? Or? Honestly, I think he's stepped up. And I think especially since Kawhi got hurt, I think he's really stepped up and he's, and he's played well. It is hit or miss. Like he'll either go off and everyone's like, Oh, playoff P or it's like nothing. Like it, it's just bricks all night. Like I think he was like one of those games. He was like four of 14 from the floor. And like, it, like that was it. Like that was his game. It's like, golly, the stats are trash. But then the next night he, he shows up. So it's just one of those. I think he gets a bad rap because it's not that he's inconsistent, but he's just goes from really, really bad to, Oh yeah. Paul George, like he's a superstar. So it's just kind of, he's, he's just hit or miss, but he's better more than he is bad. Three out of every four games, he's putting up crazy numbers. But it's just that one game that that people linger on. It's the way it is, man. Anytime you're in a spotlight, they won't talk about your highs. They'll only talk about your lows. Well, it's like now, baseball. You know, when the Pete Rose that said you just have to be good one of every three at bats to make yeah. the Hall of Fame. 
you know, <laughs> and like it's it's kind of similar. Like you know, Paul George to be good, just be good out of three out of four games, but it's just it's just different. That one game stands out way more. Consistency is key at that that level, man. Everybody's good. It's pretty wild. Good to hear though. Go, go Paul George. I don't want you to win, but keep grinding, baby. <laughs> the other guy that stepped up is in the Bucks Hawks series. And I said this earlier, I say Chris Middleton has to score more than 20 points a game if they're going to be successful. Middleton said, I'll raise you that. Give me 20 points in the fourth quarter. Last night, just dialed in. I mean, he gets, it was just one of those players, like players getting hot. It was like possession, Middleton, three, then stop. Then Bucks, very next possession, Middleton, three. It was like it was just get him get him the ball and get out of the way, and he hit maybe four. I think he hit four straight in a row, like four straight offensive possessions. It was just Middleton. I mean, he just couldn't miss. You know, I think that's the unsung hero for the Bucks side is he's really stepped up, and you know he's he's going to be on the Olympic team this summer, so that's kind of a big thing. Is like you know is Middleton one of our elite players? You know, I feel like he's he's trying to prove himself, but surely. If they reach the finals, uh, he he's in the conversation of being one of our nation's best, which is really cool. So, and obviously Giannis just tearing it up. I, I'm I'm on that bandwagon. You know he he's dropping thirty a night and thirteen rebounds, and he's just long and and just gets to the rim, and his touch inside is just it, it's the best in the league. It, it it really is. Like his touch in the paint is unmatched. And and I hope I hope it's Giannis going to the finals and 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 holding the trophy this year. We'll see. I'd also like to see Chris Paul, but yeah, the Bucks they've been fun to watch. And and as Hacky said, you know Trey Young's out. You can't win without him. You know if you're the Hawks, that that like you live and die with it. And the Hawks have been good, but the Bucks are are just a little bit better. If it's Suns Bucks, granted. You know, the Clippers or Hawks, if they get to the finals, obviously that's going to be like a Cinderella, a dark horse getting there, especially, you know, Clippers getting there without Kawhi. Hawks get there without Trey for at least a game or two would be crazy that they could do it. But if it's Suns Bucks, there are I do have questions about, you know, who's the more resilient team? Because the Suns, they played an injured Lakers team to get there you know, beating LeBron and and AD when they were injured. You play Denver and you sweep the league MVP, but there's no Jamal Murray. So again, facing an injured team and now Clippers, there's no Kawhi. So it's like they haven't played a team at full health, but they've dominated. So that's just, that's just kind of one thought is, okay, if you got to play against a fully healthy Bucks team, have you really been through adversity this year to take them? And on the flip side, I think the Bucks, who have not really had, you know, much playoff success, they sweep last year's runners up, Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler. And then they take on the most talented Brooklyn Nets team. Granted, Kyrie got hurt. James Harden was a little, he was a little injured as well, but they took him down in seven. And now they have a chance to take down the superstar of this postseason, Trey Young. I'm sad he's hurt. Because that way it just been the storybook. Like they they slayed Trey Young. So I don't know. There's a little asterisk next to that. But it's just a question of like, I think the Bucks have adjusted with a lot of adversity, just like in their, you know, I think they've they've been down 2 0, you know, being down 2 0 against then the Nets, you know, just trying to trying to piece together a team. They've had harder matchups than the Suns had. But it's also like the Suns have been dominant and Chris Paul with, you know, this is championship defense. It's just really interesting. It's two teams that could get to that stage that we didn't, you know, I don't think anyone would have called this as as the finals. Yeah, I, I guess there's two school of thoughts there. You know, Bucks did not deal with a full Nets team. So maybe they're in the same boat, like you said, uh, kind of an asterisk. And if Trey Young goes down, it's an even bigger asterisk. But then also the Suns are more fresh, right? They, they sweep the Nuggets. They're a little... A little better off if they win game six, they get a little game rest here. I mean, I, I guess it's kind of like you're right. There, there, there should be an asterisk maybe of hey, you didn't go through the toughest, but then again, you you handled your business and you're well rested, so you deserve it. I I get it. I think it's two teams that haven't been there. Like the Suns, last time they were in the finals was Charles Barkley and the Bucks. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't but think like they ever Oscar, had that. Oscar Robertson. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Kareem. I think Kareem was there at one point. Oh, maybe, maybe. Yep. It's been Oop. a minute though. It's been a minute. Yeah. Both, both franchises. They well-deserved uh, Clippers. You could argue the same thing and Hawks, uh, all four of these teams, they deserve it. Uh, let's move on to another playoff series here. Hockey. A little hockey talk. We got Lightning, and Habs in the finals. One team, sure, we could have put money on and said, hey, they're probably going to be there. The Canadians. the hell did this Canadian team come from? What a series we got here, boys. So I saw the Tampa Bay Game 7 versus the Islanders was crazy. I'm trying to remember what it's called when team has a power play and the team that has less skaters scores a goal. What's that called? Because that's what... Tampa did to the like a shorthanded goal. Shorthand. Yeah. So Tampa, that was like their only goal of the night. It was a shorthand goal. I that is just it's wild. One of the craziest things I've seen. Game seven. Yeah. It's crazy. That is why they're so dangerous, man. They've got some of the best scores. Plus, you've got the best one of the best goalies in Vasilevsky. Yeah. And, yeah. and Tim said it every week. They play perfect, and you have to be perfect to beat mm-hmm. them. My heart Got ripped there. out for Satin Island, New York, man. <laughs> I was so hurt. I was like, this is it. I get a game on everybody. I'm with New York. And I just like the I like the Islanders. I'm I'm on their side. Mm. I want them to do well, but heart ripped out. Tampa, like Darth Vader, don't care. But yeah, I think Tampa, when they want to score, they can score. And I know that sounds so cliche, but I it, like every time I watch them, I'm like, they like last night, you know, they win five one. Like, it's just like, yeah, it's 2-1. Uh, yeah, we don't care. And they just open it up. And, I'm, like, when they're on, they're on. And no one's stopping them. Yeah, they beat the Islanders, what, 8-0 game, game six? Yeah, yeah. Like, pour it on. Let's let's recap here. Fitz, Jay Gray, you guys are in the lead. Nine points apiece. Tied for third here, Matt, Tim, and Slate, all with eight points apiece. And there's little old me. Right behind you, just nipping at your heels like I have been every damn postseason roundup. Finals worth three points apiece. They haven't failed me yet, and I have a feeling they're not going to. Stanley Cup Finals? Someone buy Cam Peoples and I a ticket to Colbeck because we are hopping on the Habs train. I am so excited to see the Canadians in their first family Stanley Cup Finals since, what, the 1980s? And I hope... That they play as well as they have been and keep this dream playoff season alive. Let's go, Habs. Let's go party on Rue de St. Catherine. Habs in seven. They get it done. They have firm handshakes across the screen for being safe. <laughs> yeah, safe. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's brutal. Pretty random question, but has that ever been a city in a time that's won the Super Bowl and the Stanley Cup? Ooh. I mean, last year. Last year, Tampa was, Bay won the Stanley Cup. Oh, did they win it last year as well? Well, there we yeah, go then. Technically. My question is, has there ever been repeats of multiple cities? Like if the Lightning go back-to-back and then if the Bucks go back-to-back next season. Mm. I, don't know if that, I don't know if that's happened in any other like major sports combined. If that happens, petition the city of Tampa to change the name to Champa. You have to. You <laughs> also, absolutely have to. Also, you got the Rays. Rays are doing are pretty hot right now. Basically, mm. they're sneaky, dude. Mm-hmm. What, what's going on down at Champa? That water TB twelve went down there, and it's changed the whole water down there. Everybody's diets. Everybody diet on the TB twelve diet. Avocado ice cream for everybody. Hockey. I. This is going to be one hell of a Stanley Cup finals. I really don't count out the Habs. Yeah, they got. Molly Watt, game one. They're tenacious. They're tough. Don't count them out. Count them out, baby. If all this betting has you stressed out, go ahead. Use our other sponsor, Pure Spectrum CBD Oil. Use our code PUB20. Get 20% off all their amazing products. PureSpectrumCBD.com. Lotions, gummies, solves. They got it. everything for you. Oils, be a friend, tell a friend. PUB20 gets you 20% off. Hashtag old reliable. That's right, baby. Parlay time. The pub parlay, baby. Pub parlay. I love this. I love it, man. <laughs> I'm here for it. So it's got to be a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I, I think, and I'm, 
I struggled with this because I wanted my first one to be hot, but you know, I'll I'll back this pick. Um, so my first one, I'll go ahead and start it off. My first one is going to be taking the Mets over the Braves this Thursday because guess who's pitching? Degrom, zero point six nine ERA. If any time Degrom's pitching, I take Degrom, but I'm going to back the Mets again. And Taiwan Walker is pitching this Friday against the Yanks. Uh, Mets are in the top 10 on the power rankings. Taiwan Walker's nasty. He's been on fire, 2.38 ERA against one of the hottest uh, hitting teams, one of the most expensive teams. No shade thrown there. My first pick in the parlay, the Mets over the Yankees this Friday, just straight up. Friday, July 2nd through Saturday, July 3rd. Fireworks. Live and die. Give me all my soccer teams. To win, I, I want to lock it in. So we got Switzerland, Italy, England, and Czech Republic. Yeah, I want some numbers on what the payout would be. Like, even uh, if it's just like, is there like a minimum you have to bet? I think we, what did we say, Parker? Five dollars is what we'll do for like a dollar for five. Like yeah. Everybody yeah. gets a dollar for whatever. All right. So you've got five pounds returns you 381 pounds. <laughs> We're about to be rich. Love it. Love it. <laughs> now, okay. Yo, let's, if this happens, I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to go I've nuts. Got, you, I mean, if, if you're really feeling ballsy on the parlay, give, right. give it to me. It's happening. I'm going to go less ballsy, but I will go England, obviously. Oh, no, I can't go England. Never back your own team. Uh, I'm going to go Spain, Belgium, Denmark, and five pounds will return me 62 pounds. Not as ballsy as Fitz. Now, now here's the problem. You can't counteract your parlay. Yeah, and so this is what I'm going to do is I'm going to have a main parlay, and if somebody wants to counter it, we can just do – so I've got mine, so that's a dollar. Okay. I got Evs, that's $2, and then we'll have to go to a different parlay for a dollar. So if anything counteracts, we can just we'll, – we'll work it out, baby. Okay. Okay. okay so cool. we might have two parlays here rolling. Yep. Now, look, I can't let this episode go by without talking about this weekend. July 3rd, McGregor stepping back in the octagon, baby. He's back. I'm excited for it. Uh, McGregor, Dustin Poirier. McGregor is minus 110 favorite. Dustin, 120. I'm not choosing it because I think McGregor, ever since he got paid, he's a different fighter. I don't feel comfortable betting on him. But what I will bet on, Ryan Hall, plus 190 to take out Tuparia. Give me Ryan Hall, plus 190. The absence of ten. I want to. I want to do this as a as a conglomerate here. Okay. Do we want to take Tim's dollar and bet on the number of hot dogs eaten by Joey Chestnut this weekend, baby? Let's go. Hundred percent. All right. Are we going seventy three and up or under seventy three? Hammer the over. We had yeah, Joey hammer on here. Hammer the over. 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 He's doing it for the pub. That's he right, said baby. he was going because what he say. He said he's trying to get that 60 range and then see what happens. And I believe in Joey. I really do. Joey Chestnut's a king. We're going over. Oh, yeah, boys. I'm pumped for this. I, th- so I, I think just, he is too. I think he's going to smoke it. I feel good about this part lately. I'm, I'm part feeling late. pretty good about it. Hammer oh, the hell out of it. It's like this is such a magic idea. I, words can't describe how excited I am for this. Uh, listeners, please. go to my bookie. Tell them the pub sent you. Maybe sponsorship number three happened. Who knows? But go ahead. Tell Raphael, my bookie, the pub sent you. It's 4th of July. I feel like we should have a a 4th of July question or an America question. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, so it was my birthday yesterday. I'm cel- I didn't want to celebrate on a Monday. So I'm celebrating on the 4th of July. And my parents are like, what do you want for 4th of July slash birthday? And I was thinking about what I want. And I was like, you know what? Let's get dad to make his famous margs. We'll have margaritas. We'll have chips and salsa, shrimp tacos. So I'm celebrating Mexican theme on 4th of July <laughs> on, Ma- on America Day. Hey, they're our neighbors. Hey, yeah. that's right. Just down south. I did want to ask. I saw this online. 
fireworks over and underrated? Uh, under, I, I like fireworks. Big, big over here. Big fan. Especially for bonfire night, which I don't know. I don't think you guys know where that, that is, but yeah. Like a, like a bonfire? Like just uh, burn a bunch so, of shit? So, um, there's this thing called Bonfire Night, which is on the 5th of November, where we celebrate um, when remember, some guy, Yeah, some guy tried to blow up the House of Parliament, so we have we set up loads of fireworks to celebrate that for some apparent reason. Yo, I'm here for v that. V yeah, for Vendetta, baby. V for Vendetta, literally V for Vendetta. Yeah, that's the whole <laughs> V for Vendetta based off. That, that's not, that kind of sounds like 4th of July right there. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeah, cool. A little bit sick and twisted 4th of July. Yeah. I'm going to say overrated to shoot them off yourself. Unrated to watch as long as it's a good kind of situation that's putting it on. That's fair. I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to say <laughs> overrated <laughs> to watch them. No, I'm kidding. I'll be honest. I I don't think it's, it's neither underrated or overrated for me. Like fireworks is just a classic thing. It's, gotcha. it's not a letdown, but it's also not like, oh man, that show was so... That was like the, you know, it's just like the thing to do. But I find it a little overrated because it's 2020, 2021. I'm waiting for fireworks to change. It's been the same fireworks show for like the past 30 years, maybe longer than that. I mean, I, I don't even know what it was like in the 70s and the 60s or, or how long they've ever been doing fireworks. But like, are they ever going to have like crazy fireworks like that you see in like the Harry Potter films or, you know, like different designs like, oh, man, they shot off the Yoda firework, like like just different designs. Like I'm just waiting for it to be blown away by a fireworks show. And it's just been the same. It's been the same old thing. So Who they have the firework from um, Fellowship of the Ring. I'll be disappointed. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, now that is good. There you go. I, I would say I'm a teetering more towards overrated because I think they're just overused. Back in the day, I felt like it was just Fourth of July and then, you know, somebody won the Super Bowl or whatever sort of trophy. But now every time I go to the local minor league game or you see basically any baseball game or football game, they're shooting fireworks off after, after the win. And it just, it's oversaturated. The market's oversaturated. Like, you don't need fireworks for every game. It's a special occasion. Not after you win against some rinky-dink team. Come on, now. <laughs> I don't hate that take. I don't hate it at all. Uh, but I do like when you crush a home run and you get a little fireworks. Just a little bit. I'm, yeah, I mean, if somebody hits a 450-yard bomb, give me, give me a fireworks. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just, all right. But, you know, like, you win a game one nothing also of you know, error. Don't, don't play fireworks. Go hit the field again. We're going to BP. <laughs> I've got a question. Would you put Fourth of July on the Mount Rushmore of holidays? And again, we assume Christmas. And again, this is Americans. You know, like are you going to argue? You know, Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or Ramadan. I mean, there's a lot of Christmas holidays, but I would say all of those kind of go together. You definitely got to have Halloween. I'm a big Halloween guy. Got to have it. Christmas, Thanksgiving, you get all the good food. I, that fourth one's tricky because there's a lot of like mid-tier holidays now. It'd be Easter. I'm a big fan of Easter. Easter. Um, you get lo over in England, you get lots of time off over Easter and there's always at least two, maybe three days of football over the Easter holidays. So give me Easter. Are we counting Super Bowl? As a I think that's a holiday. I, b I believe that should be considered. <laughs> well, St. Pa Patrick's Day has to be up there, especially for like Americans. Uh, does it trump Fourth of July? Honestly, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna have a hot take here. I think Boy. for me, it's Thanksgiving, Halloween, St. Patrick's, Fourth of July. I don't think it's no Christmas. Taking hey, St. Nicholas through a table. Golly, the Grinch wow. over here. No, nah, I mean, obviously I love Christmas, but best part about Christmas are the things that you do at Easter. Or, uh, sorry, Thanksgiving. Like, you're already, like, you're with them. Like, I don't, the opening presents, it's, it's like the overshadow. Like, I just rather, like, just, I don't know. That's not a bad take. Thanksgiving yeah. could be, I, I think Thanksgiving might be my favorite holiday over Christmas. I, I agree with you. It's by far. Christmas is definitely on the Mount Rushmore. Come on. I know. I know. It's just I, I, it gets, Ebenezer I get, Scrooge. I get, I get aggravated with just like, yeah. it's, it's about 
getting together. Other. I got I got a sleeper pick. I'm not, I'm not saying it's on my Mount Rushmore. Memorial Day. Big fan of Memorial Day. Memorial mm-hmm. Monday. You remember the following, good cookout, that type of stuff. But good holiday has a solid reason behind it. Plus, you get kind of like a baby 4th of July just a little earlier on in the year. I would say that with Labor Day, too. Labor Day is another, like, it's like the last one before you go into the, the Thanksgiving. That's like your last given break. Uh, Matt, yeah, Matt, what, what is you your think? yeah? What yeah. is your picks? I really have no idea. Um, obviously, Christmas, of uh, Easter, and then other than that, I don't really celebrate any of our holidays. Not that massive in St. Patrick's Day. St. George's Day, which is like the national day in England, is not huge over here. Like, weirdly, St. Patrick's Day is bigger than St. George's Day. But there's, like, we have a thing called the Bank Holiday Weekend, um, which is, like, I guess, like, your similar sort of Labor Day where a mo- we all have a Monday off. And that's the one at the end of it, May. And that's pretty good because it's a good bit of football. But saying that, saying after all of that, there's a cracking holiday coming up in 2022 where we are all, well, not you lot, but I am, going to be celebrating the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds like straight cats. Like, yeah. I kind of want to come celebrate the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. Parker, keep all that money saved up, and after we get the parlays, we'll all come to England. Let's do it. Absolutely. Plasmon Jubilee. It's a Plasmon Jubilee. 70 years since she's been on the throne. There we go. That's why next year. We're going. Pub takes over UK. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Coming to a pub near you. Ooh. Literally. Right, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you again for listening. Go ahead, like, share, subscribe, all that stuff to us. Use our code PUB for Raz Energy, PUB20 for Pure Spectrum, CBD oil. Be a friend, tell a friend. Have one hell of a weekend. Hopefully, PUB Parlay hits. Let us know on Instagram if you're doing it with us. Give us a thumbs up. Yeah, give us the hot or not. Eventually, it's going to hit one of these weeks. It's going to hit. Bye. Have a wonderful time. See ya. Football's coming home in a bit. Go well. Look at Matt changing it up. Jinxing his team. Jinxing his own team.